You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Bibles out here, Acts chapter number one, and we have started a series about five weeks ago, and this is the last week in this series, and it is entitled "The Four E's of Building Up You." And and here as we uh, we look at our theme for the year, it is building up you. And the theme is to help us all grow uh, in our own faith. And so we've looked at several different things. We looked at uh, in the four E's of building up you, encouraging yourself. And then we looked at examining yourself. We looked at edifying yourself. And tonight will be the fourth uh, of these E's. Now, uh, when we think about uh, this, this topic, and I'll give it here to you here in a second, Uh, it is one of those topics that uh, our world is very big on, uh, very keen on some some words, some things, Uh, and one of the words and what we're going to be looking at tonight uh, is empowering you. And when we look at the word empowerment, that is one of those those uh, uh, keywords. It's one of those hot topic type words. It's a. Uh, it's one of those words that uh, when people hear, all of a sudden they just get excited. Uh, I'm. I'm going to be empowered to do something, or somebody. Uh, they. They empowered me, or I feel that my empowerment is being hindered, and and they. It's. It's this word empowerment is one of those. Uh, one of those words that uh, is, is uh, um, I think it's, it's misused in the Christian realm. And when we think about it, and with, with the empowerment, it sort of leads you right down to a path of uh, self-betterment, uh, self-success, uh, and you start looking at all of these different books, the how-to books that are going to make you better. And you know what? Uh, on one side, the building up you, that is helping give you the tools so, so we can grow. You know what? God wants us to grow. He wants us to be edified. He wants us to be strengthened. He wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to be able to have wisdom and understanding. You look at Daniel and you see how that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, these individuals, uh, they were all learned. Uh, They were all skillful, the Bible said, in science. Uh, they, these, were, these were young men that God used in a very specific way, and one of those, those areas was knowledge, and they grew in those areas. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus, he grew in knowledge and understanding. And so, so here, uh, personal help and, and learning and growing, those are good things. But when we look at empowering yourself, and that's the title of the message tonight, empowering yourself, is that a biblical principle? And so tonight, we're going to just sort of break that down, because though it, it fits in the E, and it fits in what the world is telling us we need to do, empowering ourselves is not a, it's not a scriptural philosophy. 
It's not something that God wants us to do. It is not about us empowering ourselves, and it's not about us empowering each other. God has a way that he wants us empowered, and it's through himself. The empowering of the believer is not the believer's talents. It's not their knowledge. It's not their abilities. The empowering of the believer is through the blessed Holy Spirit. And so let's look again, if you would, uh, at our text tonight. And being assembled together with them, uh, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So the Lord himself is with the disciples, and he says that they need to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So here, the Holy Ghost, up to this point, has come upon his people. He has come upon prophets. He had come upon individuals to accomplish a work, but he had yet to empower a believer. He had yet to indwell the believer. Uh, He goes on, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so the Lord Jesus, before he returns up to heaven, he is telling them, as he did before he went away, he said, if I go, I will send another comforter. The Holy Spirit is getting ready to come. Verse number eight is telling us that the the Holy Spirit's going to come, and and the instruction is there that the Holy Spirit will be the empowering agent for the believer. And so, empowering. Uh, So what that word does, what does empowerment mean? The word empowerment literally means authority or power given to someone to do something. And so there is a power that is given. Uh, Individuals are given empowerment to create their own dwellings. Uh, The process of empowerment is of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. Now, that comes from the Oxford Language Dictionary, uh, and and it is uh, talking about empowerment. You know, the world wants you and I to think that we have rights, and we should claim our rights, and we should do what we want to do. But life for the believer is not about us. It's not about us. You know, for for the believer, life is about the Lord. And life is about others. And so we see that, uh, how the Lord has given us. So we're going to look at several things tonight uh, about what the Scripture says on this area of empowerment. I want you to see several things. Number one, I want you to see, first of all, we can do nothing of ourself. We can do nothing of ourself. He said, well, pastor, I can do things. Uh, I've got these talents and I've got these skill sets. Uh, I've got uh, these abilities. No, I wasn't passing out. I just, 
I just lost my ankle just gave out a little bit. Uh, and so uh, Brother Matthew, he could say, oh, no, Pastor, I can play the piano and I can do this and this. And uh, maybe Miss Haley is saying, I can, I can take care of the graphics. Uh, brother, uh, uh, brother uh, let's see here, Brother Jordan, no, there's nothing he can do. Uh, and uh, no, we, we look at strengths and abilities that we have and, and we say, well, I can do this or I can do that. But let's look what God says about that. Take your Bibles, go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Now, when we look at this passage of Scripture, we're going to find some words that the Lord, as He is instructing, He's going to use words over and over again. Now, when God says something once, that's all that needs to be said. If God says it twice, it's important. In this passage of Scripture, in 10 verses, we are going to find one Greek word used 10 times. So in a very short period of time, we're going to see this word used over and over and over again. John chapter 15, look with me at verse number 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. So you already know what word we're looking at, right? It's the word abide. He said, verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Uh, verse number 5 there, for without me, ye can do nothing. Let's say that together. For without me, ye can do nothing. Let's say that again. For without me, ye can do nothing. Let me tell you something. We'll get to... Hi, Miss Janice. Welcome home. All right. Uh, hi, everybody else as well. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we, we look at this passage, and, and he said, Without me, ye can do nothing. Without the Lord, there is no life. By him, the Bible says, all things consist. He is the one that holds everything together. Uh, your, your life and my life, I mean, just in a moment, in, a, in a, a second, our life could be over. Our abilities, our, our intellect, our mind, it could come apart. There could be just one health issue, or our life could completely come undone. Our mind, the ability to think, to concentrate, uh, it is just so frail, life is frail. And the Lord said, without me, ye can do nothing. You and I, we need to recognize empowerment isn't about us. Empowerment is about the Lord. Because without him, I am nothing. It doesn't matter with our successes and our accomplishments. Uh, without the Lord, we are nothing. Nothing. And that is so important for us to grab a hold of. Look with me at verse number six. 
He said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. So uh, uh, the uh, the word there, the Greek word is meniti, and that word is the word that we find abide nine times in this little passage right here. These first ten verses, in verse number nine, it says, uh, "Continue ye in my love." That word "continue ye" is the exact same word as abide. It is is that Greek word, meniti, and, and it just means uh, that we are to continue. So the, uh, the word abide literally means uh, to continue. And, and the Lord says that if we are continuing in him, then we will accomplish something that's worthwhile because it will be accomplishing something that lasts for eternity. You know, our life should outlive our life. Our life shouldn't go with us. Our life shouldn't stop when we take our last breath. You see, our life should, uh, our goal should be that our life is going to outlive our life. It shouldn't just be about what I want to do and what I want to accomplish because the Lord came for a purpose and he allows us to partner together with him uh, to be uh, a, a, a fruit-bearing uh, a vessel that is going to help bear fruit. And he said that we, he is the vine, we are the branches. We are to be partnering together with him to bring fruit. And so uh, here we have to realize, first of all, when we look at this empowerment, uh, we can do nothing of ourselves. Secondly, I want you to understand and, and just recognize, and I know you guys, you're not going to learn anything new tonight. Uh, so these are just things that we already know, uh, but we can do nothing of ourselves. number one. But number two, we belong to the Lord. We belong to to the Lord. It's not just that he saved us. It's not just that he created us. The Bible tells us that he purchased us. He has he has bought us back. Now take your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20, familiar verses. But these are verses that each of us, we need, to, we need to grab a hold of. We say we believe the Bible. Amen? Amen? But there are certain verses that God gives so much clarity on our own personal life. And if we don't grab a hold of these more than just an academic knowledge to where we're embracing them, then we miss out on this, this building process, this growing process. And we don't want to do that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which are God's. You see, you and I, we were bought with a price. The Lord purchased us. When he died on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, he redeemed us. Now, when, when the Lord died on the cross for us, uh, the illustration, I've seen it, on one hand, he was, he was reaching up to heaven, and with the other hand, he was reaching down to humanity, and he was bringing God and man back together. You know what? That is exactly what happened. Because of sin, of Adam's transgression, we were at enmity with God. We were the enemies of God. We were judged of God we were condemned already because of the sin of, of Adam in the garden. And, and because of that sin and that death by sin, Romans 5, 12, uh, that death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And the Lord, for us to not be at en- enmity with God or the enemy of God, we had to be redeemed. We had to be bought back. And the Lord did that. He said, you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God and your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So he purchased us, he bought us with a price. Now, when we look at that, that's that great doctrinal word, redeemed. Redeemed. I'm excited about all the different uh, terms the kids are learning in Kids Club. Uh, recently, uh, they've gone over some doctrinal words, and redeemed is one of them. And uh, I don't remember which one of the kids they were telling me. I, I think it was Melody. Uh, she was, st- she, I'm sorry, it was Harmony. I'm sorry, it was Harmony. And Harmony was standing there, and she was just telling me all, I was, I was calling out, I was given a, a list of words, and I was calling out these words, and she was just popping off uh, all the definitions of these doctrinal words. But re- uh, redeemed is one of them. And you know, the word redeemed, it means to buy back. You and I, the Lord redeemed us. He bought us back. He had already made us. He already owned us. But then when we sinned against God, then there was that separation. And and for, for us to have fellowship with God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he redeemed us. He bought us back. Uh, and I'm going to look at several verses here quickly if you want to write them down. Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is every one that hangeth on the tree, Galatians 4, 5, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Uh, just think about that. Uh, we are a child of God because we were redeemed. We were bought back. Titus two fourteen, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. The Lord not only bought us back, he bought us back with a purpose of us serving him. That was just an understood uh, that, that we would serve him. First Peter 1.18, For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold uh, from your vain conversation received from the tradition of your fathers. And so we have been redeemed. So we belong to the Lord. And you and I, the reason why we want to grow, the reason why we want to be built up, the reason why we want to be edified is so we can can, we can serve him in a manner that he has designed for us to serve him. You know, serving the Lord is an honor. 
It's an honor. It's not a drudgery. It's not a, are we obligated to serve him? Yes. But it shouldn't be an obligation to you. If we, are, if we are in church because we just feel obligated to be in church, we won't stay in church. We ought, we ought to serve him because we love him. There's expectation. We are bought. We belong to him. But with that, belonging to him, it's not just that we belong to him uh, so he can control. We belong to him. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. You know, what a wonderful thing to have a relationship with the Lord. So we belong to the Lord. Thirdly, He empowers for His work. He empowers for His work. You and I, we don't have to work up the ability to serve God. He is the one that said that He would send the Holy Spirit to empower us to accomplish his work. That's what he said in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, uh, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The purpose of the Holy Spirit coming, uh, sure, he is going to be a comforter to us and he is going to convict us and he will chasten us. Uh, But the reality is he empowers us so we can fulfill the great commission. He empowers us so we can reach others uh, with the, uh, the, w- for the Lord. There was a, a missionary. His name was Frank Laubach. And Frank uh, was a missionary to the Philippines, he and his wife, in the early uh, 1900s. And they were over in the Philippines, and uh, they ended up losing three children to malaria. So here he was in his mid-40s, and, and he had... He had his wife and one child left and he was sick and because of his sickness he had to isolate himself. It wasn't COVID, but he had to isolate himself. And during that time of isolation, this man developed a close relationship with God. He later wrote that that his, looking at his life's work, he said, it seemed as if all amounted to nothing. And he wrote in his journal, the most wonderful discovery that I, I ever came to is that I do not have to wait until some future time for this glorious hour. And what he was saying was, I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to know God. You and I, we can know the Lord. The Christian life, though there's burdens, and though there are problems, and though everything does not go how we would like to see it go, and there's disappointments, but it's amazing how God can take in those trying times And he makes opportunity for us to sense our need of him. Someone wrote about this event with Frank Lubbock, and they said how 
imagine how shocking this have been, uh, must have been to him. He had been a Christian most of his life, had given his life to partaking or to taking the gospel to a foreign people, and in this moment of deepest despair, he finally realized that he could live in an intimate communication with God. You know, it shouldn't take tragedy to get us to draw close to the Lord. What a wonderful opportunity. And here, when we say that he empowers for his work, the Lord sends the Holy Spirit. Now, if you are saved tonight, your body, the Bible says, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That means the Spirit of God lives within you. You are that, that holy temple. That's why we're supposed to take care of this vessel. Because it belongs to Him. But here with that, He not only dwells within us, He wants to empower us to fulfill His work. So that means that He wants to be in control. He wants to have that leadership right. You and I should be submitted to the Holy Spirit who dwells within us because He wants to accomplish something through us. You know, if somebody wanted to come in and play, play on the piano and they sat down and they wanted to start playing some honky-tonk, say, no, 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 you can't play that. That's God's piano. This building, this building is God's building. Now, we collectively are the, the church, the believers are the church. The building is just a facility. But we would look at it, and this, this place to us is a very special place. And you come to church, and you gather with the believers, and you sing, and you're, you're, you're encouraged and edified, and we're built up in our faith, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. But if somebody came in tonight and decided they are going to vandalize the building, we would be offended because of the destruction, the disregard for something that is, is holy. You and I, we are the temple of God. You and I are to live in such a way that he is honored. And here when we abide in him, and it talks about the Holy Spirit, uh, he said, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Holy Spirit who lives within us is supposed to have that controlling direction and power in our life. So we are submitted to him so we can fulfill his will. Uh, this, this building here we look at and say this is God's house and the, the world isn't going to have control inside the house of God. Uh, God. God is going to have control in here. And the same thing with our body. Uh, the Holy Spirit is supposed to have control. And in him being in control, what do we find? He will empower us to accomplish his will. And when, when we see uh, that, that he is empowering us, the result is going to be that he is honored, 
The result is going to be that people are saved, and the result is going to be that believers are strengthened. Uh, we just we see this all through the Scripture. And when the Spirit of God is leading in the life of the believer, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that is empowering us to accomplish something. We can try in our own strength. We can try to do things in our own abilities. But without the Spirit of God leading us, we will never accomplish all that we are designed to accomplish. You say, well, Pastor, I want to be empowered to do more for the Lord. Well, the empowerment isn't that I'm giving you power. The empowerment isn't that you just read another self-help book. Uh, The empowerment truly needs to come from the Holy Spirit of God. And as believers, we need to be looking to Him. We need to be yielding ourselves to Him. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to live today? Who do you want me to talk to? Holy Spirit, guide my mind, my thoughts, my actions. And as we are living the life that God has given to us, we will make an impact only as we are yielded to his power. It's not in our own. We can learn how to we can learn how to do church pretty good. People have been doing it for hundreds of years, thousands of years. But that doesn't change a life. What changes a life is when the spirit of God gets involved. And when he's leading and he's guiding, when he is drawing, when he is convicting, that's when things change. The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers. So he empowers for his work. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for uh, just some truths that uh, will help us in our own daily life. I pray that we would not be looking at our own abilities and strengths. Maybe we not be looking for a, a title or some position that we feel like we have to gain to be able to accomplish anything. Lord, we just need you. And we need to be yielded to you and allow you to work in and through us. And so tonight, I pray that you'd help all of us as believers, help us to grow in our faith. Uh, Lord, if there's one here tonight that doesn't know you, I pray that tonight they would accept you. May the Spirit of God lead and guide uh, in their life and draw them to a place of salvation. Uh, But Lord, may all of us yield to you, please, and may you use us to accomplish something great and mighty for your name's sake. And for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.